want to say thank you to the Iowa pork producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa pork industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this, Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production and more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family owned. So thank you to the Iowa pork farmer. Thank you to the Iowa pork consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. Podcast coming to you from the Exile Brewing Company's studios. Thanks to them as well as Heartland Flag Poles and Flags. Visit their website at heartlandflags.com and also the Iowa Port Producers. Appreciate their support and yours of the HN Podcast. Steve, let's uh, throw our prognostication hats into the ring one more time this year. We'll do so for uh, the majority of the rest of the bulls. We've got 33 bulls on tap. Did not do anything uh, that played on Saturday. So the uh, first bowl game that we will have will be Florida International against Akron. And so that's 33. So confidence points, 33 would be the game we feel most confident about. And then... One would be the game that we are least confident about. We have 561 total points up for bid. And both of us, I think, have done the math correctly, which whenever you do this is no small task. So let's get it on. Florida International against Akron. And I don't even know what these I, I probably ought to pull up what the actual name of these bowl games are just for uh, so people can follow along at home. Who do you have in this one, Steve? Well, this is actually Florida Atlantic versus Akron. Okay, I must have typed it in. So, that's right. There's a big difference. One's coached by Lane Kiffin, the other one by Butch Davis. But the uh, the Lane Kiffin version uh, was the clear best team in Conference USA. I mean, they just destroyed everybody last month and a half of the season. Um, I, I think they had one game against Marshall, who has the longest bull streak, winning streak in the country now where they just they didn't cover that game because Lane Kiffin took a safety at the end and then went on Twitter and made it sound like they did it on purpose just so they wouldn't cover. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's the – other than that game, they have just been housing people. This game is in their own stadium. Uh, Akron is a team that I think has been outgained on the season. So this is my 33-point game. I'm going to go ahead and lay wow. the huge number right here from the outset. I mean, no drama, whatever. I'm putting 12 on Akron. But, yes, uh, you're right. Florida Atlantic has been housing people. Kiffin's team has looked pretty good. But that, you know, I guess I kind of looked at – and this is the depth of my analysis, which is far more shallow than yours. Um, I, I looked at all the lines in all the bowl games. This was easily – the largest line by nearly double. So I decided yeah. I decided to take the underdog for that reason alone. 12 points 
on the Zips. Well, I mean, the underdogs dominated in the opening uh, day of bull action yesterday, and that's not a bad pick. Um, you know, this line, I think, has been bet up a full seven points. Now, from where it opened, I think it's actually a 24-point line for Florida Atlantic, so a ton of money has poured in on them. But um, I just uh, – I, I think I think they get a, a national game all to themselves on ESPN – I just think if Lane Kiffin can make a statement, he's the kind of coach that will do it. No doubt. No doubt. Next, uh, and that was the, um, had it right here, the D, the Cheeribundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl was what we just broke down. Next up, the DXL Frisco Bowl, and that is Southern Methodist against Louisiana Tech. Uh Two points is all I'm putting on this because I know very little about either of these. I'll go with the favorite, SMU, minus the five and a half. Yeah, I'm not really sure about either one of these teams. They both um, have new head coaches. Uh, obviously, Chad Morris left SMU to take over uh, at uh, Arkansas, and you had um, uh, oh, Sonny, uh, Sonny Dykes, former Cal coach, when, when uh, Jared Goff was there. Uh, has uh, left uh, Louisiana Tech now to take over at, um, oh, where was it? Um, forgot where he was at. I can't help no, you. I'm Sonny sorry. Dykes is the new, I'm sorry, Sonny Dykes is the new coach at, uh, at SMU. And Spike and uh, Skip Holtz is still the coach at Louisiana Tech. So there you go. But uh, I'm going to take Louisiana Tech here um, because they didn't make a coaching change. That's not really a deep reason, but it, I'm going with that one. Not quite frosting for the folks who've been looking for that, um, but it is what it is. Uh, the, next up, we have Temple against Florida International in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. My gosh. Um, Temple's an eight-point favorite against Florida International. I'm going to go ahead put four points on Florida International. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, 16 points on Florida International only because that's a huge number to lay. And um, I, I just trust Butch Davis more as a coach than Jeff Collins, who did a nice job in his first year at Temple. But that's a huge number, so I'm going to put 16 on Florida International. Really, Steve, if you lose this bowl contest to me, this would be the equivalent of Losing an NCAA tournament to somebody that basically made predictions based on they liked the color of their uniforms. Let's say that you know right what, though, up front. That, that is just as likely to work as anything else. These are such a crapshoot, particularly these early games. You, you don't know what team's motivations are or anything Well, that's else. what you always look for. One team typically is happier to be there than another, and the other team is let down. But man, with some of these teams, I've not I've not watched them one second. Well, look this at year. look at the Las Vegas Bowl yesterday. All right, so you have Oregon, who was virtually unbeatable this year when Justin Herbert was their quarterback. I think they went six and one. And in a lot of the games when he was healthy and that they won, they won in a route. So they go up against Boise State, who has a nice record. Lost at home to Virginia, which isn't a bad team, but that's not usually the kind of game they lose at home. Um, still lost three games. You get to the Las Vegas Bowl. Oregon is playing. It's the Mario Cristobal, who is their offensive coordinator, was named the interim coach after Willie Taggart left. And then they decide they're going to make him the head coach. So you would think 
you know, you go back. I remember when Michigan State did that when Nick Saban left and made right. Bobby Williams the interim coach, and they won that Citrus Bowl against Florida, right? So you'd think with those guys, so many of those guys coming back next year, that's a huge statement for them. You know, they're going to play hard for their OC. They, they lobbied for him to be their head coach. They're motivated to be there. Yeah. Um, in the first half, they were minus four in turnovers, and they didn't cross midfield once. They didn't cross midfield to like the four-minute mark of the third quarter, and the score of 38-28 to 28 was not indicative of how dominant Boise State's defense really mm. was in that game. They just didn't play for him really at all, at all. No one would have predicted that. No one would have guessed that. I mean, these really are such a crapshoot. Yeah, that that angle that you just laid out is something that I applied several times in my picks this uh, year. So apparently, it's not doesn't hold a lot of water. Um, UAB against Ohio up next in the Bahamas Bowl. I'll take Ohio because I like Frank Solich. That's my rationale. Minus seven and a half against. UAB, which UAB, this is a program that's what just a cup, just a year back, right? Or, or is that a different element? Yes. Yeah. No, this is their first year back. Um, after there was a huge controversy about how the, why, why the program was shut down in the first place, um, I can't remember their coach's name, but one major publication just made him their national coach of the year. Tremendous story. I think this is a case where it reminds me a little bit of Georgia State beating uh, Western Kentucky. And it was like the first bowl game they'd been in like ever in their eighth season in the uh, FBS. And they were just so psyched to be there. I think you'll see the same thing with UAB. So I'm going to put 24 on the Blazers plus the points. You have already spent 16% of your points in just the first four games. Um, so that's that's pretty big. Wyoming is a pick against Central Michigan. I'm taking Wyoming because of the quarterback. He needs to have a game to go out with. This hasn't been a very good season for him beginning in Iowa City. 31 points I'm laying on Wyoming in this pick Well, the line here is indicative of the fact that Josh Allen has been questionable the entire time. Now, he is saying he's going to play. So I think the line has actually now moved a couple points in favor of Wyoming. Uh, so... Based on his uncertain, if he plays, they're definitely the better team. Although Central Michigan will have the cooler uniforms, so I'm I'm splitting the difference here and putting 15 on Wyoming, anticipating he's going to play. But then if they don't, it doesn't hurt me that bad. South Florida uh, against Texas Tech in the Birmingham Bowl. South Florida is a two and a half point favorite. Putting 19 on South Florida. They've had a really good season. Uh, I've actually watched them play a couple of times. I mean, Texas Tech, it's just you don't know what you're going to get. They could come out and, and, and just be a house of fire with their style and, and, and departure. But I'll go ahead and take South Florida as they've been a more consistent team this year. 19 points. I'm putting seven on Texas Tech only because traditionally I like it when Power 5 schools are underdogs to group of five teams. Uh, I think that's a big motivational factor. But you can tell it's not like I'm uber confident in it. So that's why I'm only putting seven points on it. Next up, we have San Diego State against Army. That is the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Six-and-a-half-point favorites are the Aztecs of San Diego State. I'm putting only six on this, and I'm taking Army. I think San Diego State's the better team, but I, I like the departure of style. But then again, it's much better to play a triple-option team 
when you have this many weeks to prepare for it. So I probably should have gone the other way. But anyway, six points on Army. I'm putting 32 on San Diego State. Rocky Long, the San Diego State head coach, has a tremendous record traditionally against teams that run the triple option. Going back to when he was the defensive coordinator here for Brady Hoke, uh, he faces it every year at Air Force. So this is nothing new for his team. Also a bit of a letdown spot here for Army. Um, you know, you have the Navy game late in the year. They win that game in the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, and they don't have the layoff time uh, to get refocused that other teams do. And I just think San Diego State is just a better caliber of athlete. I mean, you look at Army's schedule, their record's really good, but there's a lot of bad teams on that schedule. It's not the kind of schedule we've seen Navy playing in recent years when they've had really good teams, for example. So I'm going to put 32 on the Aztecs. I think they're going to pull off a route here. Up next, the Dollar General Bowl featuring Appalachian State against Toledo. Toledo's seven-and-a-half-point opening line favorite. Toledo's had a fantastic season. I'm putting 33 points on them to cover the seven-and-a-half and beat App State. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I just don't know enough about App State. I don't know anything. Uh, so I'm putting only six on Toledo, but I can't argue with your pick. Well, you, just, right. you just have... They've won 11 games. They've had a really good season. I mean, their two losses were... Um, one of them was to Miami on the road, you know, and then they lost one game in the MAC. So that's a really good season. Yeah, you just hear App State and you just don't have confidence. That's what that's all about. Uh, <laughs> Houston, point and a half favorite against Fresno in the Hawaii Bowl. I will go five on Houston. I'm going five here on Fresno. I think Jeff Tedford. Back into college football, remember he built Cal's program with mm-hmm. guys like Deshaun Jackson, Marshawn Lynch, uh, a little quarterback from a JUCO named Aaron Rodgers maybe you've heard of, right? He's back in college football. Fresno State went from, I think, they were 1-11 last year to 9-3 and three this year. Tremendous improvement. I just think they're more motivated for this game, so I'll put it on Fresno State. Up next is Utah against West Virginia in the Zaxby's heart of Dallas. Bowl. you ever eat the Zaxby's? I have not, no. Delicious, delicious. Yeah. Just delicious. Have a lot of chicken joints down here in the South, Steve. That is one thing we have down here. And I, not Oklahoma's the deep south. Uh, but at any rate, four points is how Utah is favored. I like their physical style to hold up, or West Virginia's lack of it not to hold up against Utah. 18 points for me on Utah. I'm going with 25 on Utah. Two factors here. Kyle Winningham has the best active bowl record of any coach in college football, number one. I liked your physicality angle, so I'll throw in another. No Will Greer for West Virginia. Mm. I just uh, I, I just think that, that confluence of events, I don't, I don't like how that winds up here in this situation for the Mountaineers. Duke, three-point favorites against Northern Illinois in the Quick Lane Bowl. I will take Duke and 32 points to cover the three. I'm putting nine on Duke only because I don't know anything about Northern Illinois at all, and that spread makes me nervous. Mm. That's, that's a good gut reaction when you don't know anything about them. Kansas State, three-point favorites against UCLA. This, and that is in the Cactus Bowl. This is where I applied 
logic might be too much of a term of what you mentioned earlier. Chip Kelly's a new coach at UCLA. A lot of guys that are coming back got to think they want to go out there and, and show off for the coach a little bit. So I put 24 on the Bruins. Yeah, see, I see this the other way. Um, I see this as Chip Kelly's not coaching this team yet. Bill Snyder has announced he's coming back. So for the Kansas State players, you know they're on notice. No sloughing off in Arizona for, <laughs> holiday, for the holidays because you get spring with the vampire coming up here, winter conditioning next week. So, uh, And I don't know whether or not Josh Rosen's going to play. He has not announced whether he's going to play in this game or not. So I'm going to put 21 on Kansas State. That game is in eight days, and Josh Rosen has still not announced if he's going to play or not. Nope, he has not. Well, if I'd have known that, I certainly wouldn't have put 24 on the Bruins because if he hasn't announced yet that he's going to play, would lead me to believe that he's not. Uh, I wouldn't play if I were him. I mean, what's what's what, why would you play? Yeah, I mean, I can go either way on that, but you know, you're six and six. Your coach was fired. You're looking at being the number one pick in the NFL draft. All right, you sold me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I, I mean, you're six and six. At least in. The, I mean, even in the Sun Bowl, that's a game that you know we've been watching the Sun Bowl all our lives. There's been some really good teams that have played in that. Remember that was the because that was the controversy with Christian McCaffrey last year. This is the Cactus Bowl, and you're six and six. I don't know. Yeah, good point. Next up, Pinstripe Bowl, Iowa, three point favorites against Boston College opening line. The line has stayed similar. This is something I, I did a lot this year. I, I just I don't know what Iowa team will show up. I, I didn't know from week to week what Iowa team we would see this year. Uh, I, I don't have them figured out, and we're at the bowl game. And and that, that really is a microcosm of you know this team this year. So I'm putting one point on this one, and I'm taking Iowa. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what to expect. Uh, these teams are mirror images. They they play the exact same style. Uh, Steve Adazio has an offense that, uh, you know, Kirk Ferentz would love. And when you look at, I mean, his offensive coordinator goes back to, um, you know, being on Lloyd Carr's offensive staff uh, back when people attacked his offenses for being too conservative. So, I'm going to, and Boston College is without their starting quarterback, uh, a true freshman who played pretty well for them this year. Now, the backup Wade is going to play against Iowa has played an awful lot. I, I, I think Iowa's a better team. Uh, if, we look at a couple of certified All American caliber players, um, you look at obviously Akram Wadley in the backfield. Here's my concern, though. It's hard to say a team is not motivated when they haven't won a bowl game in since, like, forever. But your fans aren't selling tickets. There's, like, no buzz at all. It's like Iowa's not in a bowl game in, in some respects. I think that's accurate. And, and I know this. Boston College, their coach was fired going into this season. This is a very young team freshman quarterback who's hurt but their two best players are a freshman and a freshman the, the tailback aj Dillon, who was committed to michigan for a long time and then was flipped late in the recruiting game and went to boston college instead and he's the best freshman running back in the country and i named jonathan taylor so 
strictly based on excitement level. I'm going to pick Boston College, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Iowa won this game 24 to nothing either. So I'm only putting four points on it because I, I have no idea what Iowa team will show up. Missouri against Purdue. Uh, I'm sorry. Missouri against Texas is our next game. That is the Academy Sports Outdoors Texas Bowl. Missouri one point opening line favorite. I'm putting I'm putting eight points on Missouri. They they finished really well this year after starting very poorly. Texas, I don't know. They they were just okay for me this year. I'm not putting a ton of points on it, but I'll take Mizzou. Yeah, Missouri fared well at the end of the year, but none of those teams that they beat are in the postseason right now. So I'm going to take Texas in a de facto home game with the better defense. Tom Herman, technically an underdog, is a one-point favorite here. So I'm going to – and you know what his record is as an underdog, pretty outstanding. So I'm going to put 11 on the Longhorns. Arizona against Purdue in the Foster Farms Bowl. I'm putting seven points on Arizona, who is favored by three and a half points. They've got the right trigger man for that system. Um, that, that's good enough for me. I'm putting 26 on Arizona. It's a bad matchup. I, I think it's – when Rich Rod has that quarterback, he's really tough to beat in a league that doesn't play any defense. And Purdue's defense is okay, but they haven't faced anything like Khalil Tate. Man, I was scared to death we were going to play them. We were getting matched up with them in the Holiday Bowl. And the whole storyline, Rich Rod gets fired from Michigan – that chasing that quarter i did not want any part of that matchup at all i was so relieved when someone else in the big 10 drew that short straw uh, i think this is a launching pad game for arizona who i think will be one of the favorites in the pac-12 south next year with that kid khalil tate at quarterback i'm taking the wildcats and i'm putting 26 on it for those of you new to this podcast when steve says we he means michigan Virginia, a two-point favorite opening line against Navy in the Military Bowl, presented by Northrop Grumman. I am going to take Navy, and I'm putting 30 points on them. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to think. I kind of think it's a bit of a letdown factor like it was, again, for Army earlier. I'm going to take Virginia. I'm not confident about it, so I'm only putting 10 points on it. I, I went back and forth on this game a lot, actually. I don't – I'm not as worried about a letdown factor for the uh, academies, but at any rate. Oklahoma State, six-point favorite against Virginia Tech. That would be the Camping World Bowl. I am putting 29 points on Virginia Tech – getting the six against Oklahoma State because I do think this is a big letdown for Oklahoma State. You and I see this one exactly the same. I agree. Also, the handicapping rule of thumb, when the team with the better defense is getting points, take them. That's clearly Virginia Tech. They have the better They have the better defense. I think that this is a game where uh, Jeremy Jackson, who got up to such a hot start for them, and then the second half of the season, the quarterback for Virginia Tech, uh, really cooled off. I think this is a game where he gets well. I agree. I think it's a major letdown game. And, you know, what's funny is when Oklahoma State played teams that played really good defense, even in games they won, with one exception, the one good defensive team they played, I wouldn't count Oklahoma as a good defensive team. The one good, the one defensive team they played, 
where they actually put up huge numbers was Iowa State. The rest of the teams they played this season that did not have great, that had really good defensive numbers, even like the game they won, like Texas, their offense went into a complete and total shell. So you give me Bud Foster with four weeks to prepare. Oklahoma State, I think I agree with you, in a flat letdown effort. I'm going with the Hokies here. I'm putting 20 points on them. So you and I are in agreement here. TCU, two-and-a-half-point favorites against Stanford in the Alamo Bowl, which still one of my all-time favorite bowl venues, San Antonio along the Riverwalk. Wish the Big Ten was still affiliated with that one. I'm going to put 28 on TCU in this one. Wow. I I don't have a read on this at all. I I think that um, Bryce Love will be healthy after the, the rest. But both teams have excellent coaches, good defenses. I don't know where to go here. I'm going to go with Stanford, but this is only my this is my one point game. Yes, I really don't. Know. I think this is a really good game. Stanford just all it's been tough to get a, a, a gauge on them all season long from week to week. Next up, we have the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Wazoo, Washington State, a two-and-a-half-point opening line favorite against Michigan State. I'm putting 15 on Washington State. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you, Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere. Guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. I'm going 12 with Michigan State. One of Washington State's best receivers is out. Uh, I think that Michigan State, even though their fans were pissed about uh, them, quote-unquote, getting passed over. I mean, how the hell do you get passed over when you're going to San Diego? I, I don't understand that, but okay. But, you know, Michigan State wasn't in a bowl last was not in a bowl last year. This is the same bowl Washington State was in last year. Their coach wanted, was going to leave town. I just think I think this is a springboard game for Sparty going into next year where they have so many guys coming back. They probably think they might be a preseason top 10, 15 kind of team next year. Again, they have the better defense, so I'll take the points and put 12 on Michigan State. Wake Forest, three-point favorites against Texas A&M, A&M disarray. 14 points on Wake Forest for me. Again, the team with the better defense, although they're the favorite here. But I agree, A&M in total disarray. I'm, uh, Wake Forest, I'm putting 27 on the Demon Deacons and Dave Clausen. NC State, seven-point favorites against Arizona State. That is the gosh, I don't, uh, the Hyundai Sun Bowl. I'm going to put 17 on NC State to cover that seven points. I'm putting 30 on the Wolfpack mm. here. I, I think Arizona State's a clown show right now. A complete that they are total clown. They're not in disarray. They're not in transition. They're a complete and total clown show. They've not hired a coach, but a CEO. Um, 
they told him you've inherited this entire staff and now guys are bolting and leaving on the staff um the head coach doesn't didn't know what the mascot the whole thing that was awesome that was that was awesome clown show clown show and with nc state showing up with an nfl quarterback some NFL, a couple of nfl guys uh you know outside an nfl defensive front i i think this is a blowout was it three years ago you said nebraska had made the worst power five hire that you maybe thought of all time in mike riley yes yeah. arizona state just topped him didn't they the only reason I'm I'm hesitant is I actually think it behooves him um, to to pick his own staff than inherit somebody else's, uh, which means it's possible they may back ass themselves into something here. But um, and I but on the surface, the answer to your question is yes. I, I just I I don't know what that was. And it's one of those things where the new AD is was his old agent. agent. It's just I, I cannot believe the administration at Arizona State University signed off on that. No question about it. Keep it for, I mean, forget even the Herm Edwards angle. They paid Todd Graham like $12 million to go away. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, I just cannot believe the president and, and the administration – Paid off a guy who just won seven games, including beating your in-state rival and beating your other big rival in Washington. And and you're like, okay, uh, yeah, well, everybody doesn't like him. Okay, he's not that great. Okay. And we're bringing in who? Herm Edwards? Uh, who last coached college football when he coached DBs for San Jose State in 1989. So there you go. You know, I've been – against paying players this offseason seeing what 61 million dollars being paid to coaches to no longer coach uh, that that in and of itself even though i still don't think pay, players should be paid i i do pay them pay them if you pay these guys that much dead money just pay the players um well i think that's you know we've often said that you you, you wouldn't be able to do it because of title nine mm-hmm. you'd have to pay it you know the women's rowing team's got to get paid well listen you get $61 million in dead money to pay for coaches. You do have some money then to compensate the women's role. No question about it. No doubt about that. Um, next up is Northwestern, seven-and-a-half-point favorites against Kentucky. I'll put 16 on the Northwestern Wildcats to beat the Kentucky Wildcats. That hook I'm concerned about. You know, Northwestern doesn't typically just crush people in these spots. Um, so I think they'll win. But I'm going to put three on Kentucky just because I'm a – if this was a straight-up contest confidence pool, this would be one of my higher numbers. But that hook number for a Northwestern team that doesn't blow a lot of teams out, like I could see them being up like 24 to 10, and then Kentucky tax one on at the end, you know. That's what worries me. Mm-hmm. Utah State, four-point favorites against New Mexico State. And I, nine points, don't know much about Utah State, but I'll take them. I'm going to put 13 on New Mexico State, and the only thing I know about them is I had a conservation teacher, Mr. Hendricks, at Lincoln High School Yeah. in Des Moines when I went there my junior year at, before he, we moved back to Michigan. He played football at New Mexico State decades ago, and this is the first time they've been in a bowl game 
since in, I think since Kennedy was president. So I've got to be, I've got to believe there's some excitement level there, and I might not be any good. I don't know, but based on the excitement level, and, and you're giving me points, I'm going to take them. I didn't even know New Mexico State had a fo- football program. I, I didn't know there was a New Mexico State till till like Friday when I wrote this up. So Ohio State six point favorites against USC. That is the Cotton Bowl Classic from Goodyear. Uh, Twenty seven points on Ohio State. I don't know what Ohio State team is showing up here. Uh, I I think it's, you know, I said this to you last year at this time. I picked Florida State, remember that, over Michigan, remember. And I said, I'm really concerned Michigan is the profile of the team that lays an egg in these bowl games, that has the late game, late year disappointment and had bigger dreams and thought they deserved them and they were taken away or they didn't finish the job, however you want to look at it. And you saw the first half in that in that Orange Bowl, they were not really interested in playing football against Florida State at all. I, I, Ohio State is better than USC. But I don't think they're so much better that if, if they're not fully amped and focused, you don't – when you're facing Sam Darnold, you don't get exploited. So I don't really know what to expect here. If this was, again, straight up, I'd put a lot of points on Ohio State. But if you're going to give me a full touchdown and I don't know what their focus level is, I'm going to put two on USC. And I think that's indicative of I really don't know what Ohio State team will show up. You know, Urban Meyer has a tremendous record with more than one week to prepare. Well, he had a tremendous record career-wise with more than one week to prepare last year, too, and they didn't score a damn point. You know, uh, so I, I don't I don't know what Ohio State team's going to show up here, John. I don't. You know, in 2015, everybody says, well, Steve, they were disappointed they weren't in the playoffs in 2015 and they blew out Notre Dame. Well, first of all, that Notre Dame team didn't have arguably the number one pick in either this year or next year's NFL draft at quarterback. Number two, that Ohio State team knew for weeks in advance. They knew they, they knew after they lost to Michigan State, they were not getting into the college football playoffs. This team thought they were getting into the college football playoff until noon Eastern a week ago Sunday. So, And they were shocked with a whole lot of other people that they didn't get in. So I'll, I'll be fascinated to see how they refocus. Louisville's a five-point opening line favorite against Mississippi State in the Tax Slayer Bowl. I'll put 13 on Louisville because they have a quarterback that is all-world and better than Mississippi State's. Yeah, Nick Fitzgerald is out for Mississippi State, obviously, with that devastating uh, injury yet in the Egg Bowl. So I'm putting 31 on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Memphis, three-and-a-half-point favorites against Iowa State in a home game for them. You know, I, 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 Iowa State's been a, a, a fascinating story this year with what they went through at quarterback and, and the play of uh, Kempf and Jacob Park's situation. Park now looking to leave Iowa State. And it's it's been a great story. Matt Campbell's turned this into a race for him, and and the program has a lot of uh, positive momentum right now. That said, this is a tough, tough assignment in my opinion. Not that they haven't beaten tougher assignments this year, just a home game and a, you know, I'm putting 26 on Memphis. And I've taken Iowa State more often than not this year, so this isn't like some kind of uh, hating on Iowa State pick because I want to beat you, so I'm going to do 
the best I can to do that. I'll just take Memphis. Well, again, I like it when power five teams are underdogs to group of five teams. Uh, I've watched Memphis a few times this year. Um, Miller, the receiver, in my opinion, should have been nominated, if not should have won the Blitnikoff Award. They've got a couple of pro receivers. Uh, you know, you look at Riley Ferguson, the quarterback, I think he'll get drafted. Very explosive offensive football team. But here's the thing, and I saw an announcer say, well, Iowa State hasn't seen an offense like that. Uh, you guys know they play in the Big 12, right? Yeah. Okay, I mean, they, they see this offense every week, guys. Every week. And the one thing that they have figured out how to do is defend this offense. It, it, with the umbrella, you know, basically what Iowa State is playing is they're playing the same 3-4 umbrella zone defense everybody in the NFL other than the Pittsburgh Steelers played in like the 70s, okay? So uh, if you have a power running game, you can blow them up because they don't have they don't have the hog mollies as Keith Jackson used to say. They don't, they, they don't have the hog mollies down low to play two gap run defense. But not many teams in the Big 12 had that, and that kept Iowa State in all these games pretty much the entire conference season. Memphis doesn't really have that. So because of that, I'm going to go ahead and take the Cyclones again in the hook. If, you, if it was like Memphis by two, I probably wouldn't. But I, I could see this again being a game where Memphis is maybe up by a touchdown and, you know, uh, or by 10 and Iowa State gets a touchdown. So I'm going to put eight on the Cyclones here. I don't think it's as bad of a matchup. I don't think the home factor will be a huge factor. They'll have 20,000 of their own fans there. You know, I think they may have as many fans as Memphis will have there at the Liberty Bowl. So, um, uh, but uh, I, I'll, I'm going to take Iowa State, but I'm not putting a lot of points on it. Penn State, four-and-a-half-point favorites against Washington. That is the – what bowl game is that? That's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I'm going to put 25 on the Nits. I like Penn State a, a lot in this game, a lot. only reason I'm only putting 14 on it is the four-and-a-half. Again, I could see that be – if it was straight up, I would put a lot of points on them. I think it's – they're the more explosive football team. Washington is better – Washington's defensive line against Penn State's offensive line is a mismatch in favor of, of Washington. But the problem is Vita Vey and Greg Gaines are more of your gap control type of defensive tackles, not your, you know, Gerald McCoy, Warren Sapp, you know, and and Sue up the field uh, pocket collapsers. And, and because of that, I, and – the skill position talent Penn State has all around Trace McSorley and his mobility, I think that somewhat nullifies Vays and Gaines' uh, potential dominance up front. So I'm going to put – where am I at here? I forgot. So I'm putting 14 on Penn State. I really like him straight up. It's just that extra point and a half when you are taking a team with Chris Peterson's bowl record has me a little bit nervous. I have a feeling I'm going to regret not putting more points on this one, though. Wisconsin, six-point opening line favorite against Miami in the Capital One Orange Bowl, so a home game, truly a home game. They are listed as the home team uh, in this one. I'm going to put 21 points on Wisconsin. This is like goes again. It just I probably should have gone the other way, especially because Alex Hornibrook is playing quarterback for Wisconsin. But I, I I'm going to take a little Big Ten power. A little Big Ten thick ankled. 
against Miami here. Um, probably will regret it. 21 points on Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm going the other way. 23 on Miami. I think they're going to win straight up. I think you have a turnover-prone quarterback against the team that's forced more turnovers than anybody in college football. The turnover chain at home. I think Miami coming home after the way they finished the season. I do worry about Wisconsin's motivational level. You're 12-0. and You already did the whole New Year's Six Bowl game thing last year. Uh, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little concerned when you lose a game like that and you were thinking national championship. So I like Miami here, and I think they're going to win straight up. Yeah, I'd forgotten about the Alex Hornibrook turnover chain bobblehead line, <laughs> which just might be my favorite of the year. Michigan, eight and a half points uh, favorites against South Carolina. This is the Outback Bowl. I'll put 22 on Michigan. Very favorable matchup for Michigan. South Carolina's offense is really in disarray right now and decided to fire their coordinator. I think, I think Brandon Peters is going to play his balls off. That's what I think. I think, I think with Shea Patterson coming in, uh, you know, pe- people forget how highly ranked of a recruit Peters was. Now, he wasn't in Shea Patterson's stratosphere. Shea Patterson, by the way, would be the, I think, the third highest ranked quarterback recruit in the Big Ten since 2000. So, I mean, Peters was a big-time recruit, but not quite to that level. But I think uh, you'll see Peters play exceptionally well. And and Michigan's defense, if you give them a quarterback who needs to make uh, most of his plays with his arm as opposed to his legs, Don Brown just destroys those guys, just destroys them. So I think you will see that, uh, and I'm putting 18 on the Wolverines. Auburn, nine-and-a-half point favorites against Central Florida. This is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I'm putting 20 on Central Florida. This just seems like it's their year, and I like the makeup of that team, and I think Auburn's got to be feeling a little bit let down. Yeah, I'm with you, too, on this one. I'm putting 22 on, on Central Florida. And, you know, the group of five teams in these New Year's Six Bowl games, the first two years they won straight up. Last year, they nearly Western Michigan nearly covered against Wisconsin. I think they only were two to three or two or three points off of the spread in that game, if I remember right. And it's been a motivational issue for the the Power Five team in this matchup. So far, has been the early trend, and I think Central Florida here. I think having Frost come back becomes a benefit. It, it becomes sort of like a, um, you know. One more time for old yeah. time's sake, if you will. Uh, and if there's one thing we've learned about Gus Melzahn at Auburn, be worried every time it seems like he's established himself, something goes bad, right? Okay, so they beat back-to-back number one ranked teams. They get destroyed by Georgia in the SEC championship game. Uh, you know, he gets to a national championship. Next year they lose uh, four games, and the year after that he almost gets fired. Okay, so it's a big contract. If you're following the trend here, John, it just seems like every time Auburn just does not allow you, if you're if you're the coach there, to get settled. And so now it seems like he's going to be there for a while. They just gave him a seven-year deal at seven million per. Uh-oh. So I'm going to put 22 here on Central Florida. I still kind of think Auburn will win, but that nine and a half is a is a number that just screams backdoor cover, man. 
LSU one-point favorites against Notre Dame in the Citrus Bowl. I'm going to take Notre Dame, just 11. I'm going to take Notre Dame here a bit on a flyer. I'll put 19 on it. Just a bit of a flyer that um, LSU has had some issues with their coaching staff this offseason on the offensive side of the football. Um, I know that Notre Dame or LSU typically does well. Uh, against teams that you know feature the running game but i don't think their defensive front arden key's not going to play he's sitting out for the nfl draft i don't think their defensive line is as stout as it has been in past years i think notre dame's offensive line is outstanding and on four of these five guys are playing on sundays next year so i i'm going to take notre dame and put 19 on the irish Oklahoma is a pick'em opening line against Georgia. I put ten points on Oklahoma in the first of the two playoff games. I'm putting twenty-eight on Oklahoma. To me, Oklahoma is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. In that, you have to be a lot better, a lot, because if it's a one-possession game and he's got the ball at the end, we know how it ends. And I don't think Georgia is a lot better. Um, I, I, you know, they've had a few player arrests, nothing major, but I do wonder about the fact this is a program that has not been in this position in many, many years. And this is an Oklahoma squad, even with a 34 year old young coach, a lot of these guys, you know, played for stoops and they were just in the playoff a couple of years ago They're They were almost made the playoff again last year. They're used to this level of success, and and I just think if you if you if you give me the option, and God bless Jake Fromm, he's been great as a true freshman, but if you're telling me I've got one game, one and done, survive in advance, am I taking a freshman quarterback or a guy who arguably, when you look at his total statistical profile, the dominance by which he won the Heisman, could you could reasonably rank one of the ten greatest quarterbacks in modern college football history he would he could be a candidate to be on that list i'm taking that guy number four seed alabama will play number one seed clemson alabama one and a half point favorites i'm putting 23 on the crimson tide here yeah i'm going 29 on alabama i think it's a double revenge spot now revenge for losing last year in the national championship game and then, you know, I think Nick Saban's had this. He's been trying to contrive, John, yes. all year, a chip on the shoulder of his players. And now, oh, you no, know, they see, didn't think you belong. Look at all the – he has it now. He has it on top of these are the guys that took us out last year. So because of the, those two intangibles, I'm going to put 29 on Alabama. All right. That will do it for our bowl extravaganza for this year and wrap up this installment of the HN podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors, Exile Brewing Company, Heartland Flag Poles and Flags, as well as the Iowa Pork Producers. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.